Welcome. This is Vision Eternity Ministries, and my name is Lee Klein. Jesus is preparing us to stand before Him that day. He's inviting you to live with Him forever. The only thing you have to do is let go of this life here so you can enter into eternal life with Him when you leave here. It's an exciting, exciting thing. It, it, it's the most important, most wonderful, beautiful invitation you'll ever, ever, ever get. Let's acknowledge Him, Jesus. We thank you for being here today. We thank you for portraying who you are in these moments and in this next half hour. We just give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you that you have given yourself for us to show your love for us. And we receive it here today. We receive you, Jesus. I hope that you receive it too. You know, we got this invitation. The king is having a ball. He's, he's inviting us to the best life ever. Yet nobody wants to come. They got an invitation to the ball. But, you know, we know it's this, this Christian stuff and we can't gossip anymore. We can't do this anymore. We can't do what we want. There's so many rules. And so I think I'm going to turn it down. I'm, I'm going to turn down that invitation. I don't think it's really what I want to do. And so... And that, really, what you're, do, what you're doing, if you won't accept Jesus' invitation, if, if you don't want to go to the ball, you're giving up life, eternal life. You know, the reason people turn down that invitation is because the enemy has tried to portray himself as God, and like, he's the best way. And that choosing God is giving up your life, which it is. But he's saying it in a way that isn't good. But the only way to enter into eternal life is to give up this dying, dead life here, right? This is temporary. And, and in fact, the enemy uses it as a hold on us to try to keep us here. Like the rich man in purple. He thought it was the life to just eat and drink and, and, and cater to his flesh and just be about himself and, and not care. But God's life is the opposite of that. Jesus gave his life to prove his love for you. He gave. He didn't keep anything to himself. He's doing everything for God, for us. He cares about us. And in order to live in the kingdom of God, you have to care about others. It's an amazing life to live not about yourself, but to care about others, to grow up, to get to that place, which only Jesus can get you there, where life is meaningful. You're excited to get out of bed to find out who you can bless, to see who you have blessed the day before. 
When you do what Jesus asks you to do, it's exciting. It's life to the full till it overflows. It's not the stuff. It's not the things. Those are secondary. Those are just like added to you because he wants to bless you. But in the world, the enemy makes it seem like that's the thing. You got to have all those things to be happy. And quick get happy because when you leave here, you have no idea what's going to happen. And the word says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. We don't have understanding. The enemy has one up on you if he's getting you to believe that, that lie, that this is it. What you do now, this is it for eternity. I, I mean, for as long as you live here on the earth, and then we don't know what's going to happen next, for sure. We have ideas, but... Um, and I think I'm a good person, so I think that there is a heaven, and I'm going to go to heaven. And that's all just guessing. You don't even know for sure, because you don't know Jesus. You have to be born of the Spirit to see clearly. To know that invitation is the most awesome invitation you'll ever get. The most important invitation you'll ever, ever, ever receive. And yes, it, in order to have a good thing, you got to let go of the bad thing, right? And so everything here is momentary. Momentary. It's, it's not going to last. Just like your clothes wear out, this life is going to wear out. It's going to end. And you want to be assured that you receive that invitation so you can have eternal life. And so, of course, like I said, the enemy is going to come. The word says he comes dressed as an angel of light. Um, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. It's no wonder Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Let's read in verse 13. For, for such men are false apostles, counterfeits, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles, special messengers, of Christ. And it's no wonder Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So it's not surprising of his servants also masquerade as ministers of righteousness, but their end will correspond with their deeds. And so Jesus is warning us that not everyone knows the truth. And so you can't depend on another man. Jesus said, if you love me, I'll ask the Father, and he'll send the Spirit, and he'll live on the inside of you. And he's going to portray truth to you. You're going to know the truth. You're going to recognize the enemy. But if you don't have the Spirit, you don't recognize you're being fooled. You don't recognize the value of that invitation, and you're going to turn it down. And the enemy's going to steal your identity. If you don't have faith in Jesus, you've lost your origin. You're originated from the Father. You're made in His likeness. You're like Him when you let Him have His way in your life. And so you have inherited by faith 
eternal life. His character, his favor, his blessing, what he has is yours. He's the only way that you can be kind and love one another. Otherwise, you're going to have jealousy and contentment in your heart all the time. Because you're not fulfilling your purpose. You're not being like him. You're being like the enemy because you don't have a part. If you don't have faith, the enemy has stole God from you. Because the opposite of faith is fear. If you have fear of letting go here, how are you going to move in with Jesus when you leave here? If it's, you know, and that's one of the questions that Jesus brought to my mind today. Is it really that we have to give everything up? Is it that extreme? Really? Really, Lee, is that what you're saying? Like everything? Jesus said, follow me. That's what that meant. Follow me. Let go. Stop following everything else. Follow me. And I will give you life to the full until it overflows. So in order to have him, remember we read yesterday, you have to, in order to be his disciple, to have eternal life, you have to let everything else go. To have that precious pearl, you have to let go. And so the reason it may seem too hard, and you're going to grow in that place where it's not hard, as you grow in faith, the reason it seems too hard is because you're not paying attention, you don't have faith. You're looking at still what is. When Peter rebuked Jesus because he was going to, um, he told him what was to come, that he was going to be crucified, he was going to give his life away. Remember, he said, no one takes it from me, I'm giving it. And that's the attitude we have to have. No one's taking this from me, I'm giving it. Jesus said, given, I'll be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And if you believe that, you're going to go ahead and give it all up because you're going to get back even more than you let go of and better. He has more for you than you can ask or think. And it's not the material stuff. It's not the material stuff. The value of love, joy, peace, giving, the value of who other people are and what you can do for them is so much more meaningful than things. But the enemy has us focused on, like Jesus said, what are you going to eat, what are you going to drink, and what are you going to wear? And so... Being focused on that, we can't see clearly the importance of life. Jesus said, there's more important things to life. The heathen live like that. But when we call ourselves Christians, then we have to grow up to that place like Peter did, where he was willing to give his life away 
You might mess up a few times on the way. You will. Because it's a growth process, which is why we got to hurry up and get ready. Jesus is coming. We don't have much time to grow up. But it's time to grow up. It's time to lay all that aside. And so the thing that gets in your way is your feelings. Um, If you don't understand that your feelings are, they're fickle. They're going to change according to what you see, according to your senses. Um, And that's why we don't live by how we feel. We live by faith. If Jesus asks you to give something up, it's going to seem scary. The enemy is going to come with fear. And, you know, depending upon what it is, it might just seem undoable, too scary. And, like, you can't, you can't do it. And those are your feelings. That's not faith. And remember, Jesus said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, that's all you need. So it's a decision to believe and then accept the invitation, even though you might not get it all, you might not have understanding, but you want to choose life, not death. I mean, if even that, that fear, if you're going to have fear, the, the fear of going to hell, if you just look at that alone, that should help you make the right choice. If you have a reality of um, hell not being a good place at all and eternal suffering, if, if you have a revelation of that, then you're not going to pick that. But you can't even have that revelation without choosing Jesus. Many people have said to me, well, then I'll, I'll just go to hell. That's okay. And it's because they don't have a revelation of what hell really is because the enemy has them afraid of letting go of things that don't even matter. And so you got to make the choice, get out on the water, I guess, if, if that's how it feels, and accept life, accept that invitation. And come and let Jesus recreate you in his likeness. Take on his character. Say and do what he would say. Be kind. Love others. Put others first. Being recreated in his likeness is an overwhelming an overwhelming taste of his love, and you just can't hold it in. When he loves you, you're, you're, you're able to love others. Without, his, without him loving you, you don't even know what love is. And so, not accepting the invitation 
you're choosing death. You're, you're letting the enemy overtake you with a lie. So that information alone, knowing that not taking the invitation is a wrong answer, it is a wrong choice, and you're letting the enemy defeat you, pulling the rug out from under you, should be enough information for you to make that right choice. When you find out someone's been lying to you, if you don't do anything about it, then I would say that's pretty ignorant. And I'm telling you today, he's lying to you. And if you look at the book, you're going to find out. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. Have it to the full till it overflows. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So Jesus is telling you the truth. That he's offering you life to the full. And the, the enemy has come to steal that life from you. And he's going to come with a lie and he's going to use your feelings. And so you can't live by your feelings. Well, I know that the word says, but I feel, I know that Jesus said this, but I feel it's never going to match up because what Jesus said takes faith. And faith comes by hearing. Just like fear comes by hearing. Um, doubt comes by hearing, hearing doubt. Faith comes by hearing. It doesn't take much to sit with Jesus and get faith. It doesn't, it, it just takes um, time-wise even, the size of a mustard seed. If, if someone comes to me and they're, they're down and out, and um, I start talking to that person about Jesus, and telling that person the truth, and they receive it. It's a matter of a couple minutes, and they feel much better. And so, times a million, sitting with Jesus, you're going to get that much more faith. And you're going to feel that much more better that you might even start dancing around the room and singing hallelujah, praise the Lord, even in the midst of... What doesn't look like it's going to work out? It doesn't feel that way. But when you sit with Jesus, you're going to know that truth from the inside out. And your feelings are going to change because you sat with Jesus, because you heard the word. Jesus said, be careful what you hear. Because otherwise, if, you're, if you don't, even that faith that you had is going to be taken from you. The enemy is going to come. He's a thief. Jesus said, if you don't understand this one thing, you, don't un you won't understand anything. As soon as you hear the word, he's going to come and try to take it. And I want you to know, Jesus wants you to know, he's going to use your feelings. Because you're in a flesh body. And you have a mind, and your mind and your body working together in doubt can create that thing that you're doubting. 
just just like it can work the other way. By his stripes, I was healed. I believe I'm healed. You say it, you think it, you meditate on it, and you get your miracle. I believe I'm sick. You're going to get sick because you've convinced yourself of that when you thought it and said it, and then your body is going to react to it. That's how it works. And so it's not too hard to put it all aside. I mean, what's so hard, hard about putting sickness aside? Death, things that are wearing out and getting old. The word will never wear out. It'll never become obsolete love. But everything here is going to wear out. And one way or another, you're going to have to leave it behind. You can do it now and get ready for Jesus. Or on that day, it's just going to be gone. You're going to, you're going to let it go and you're going to forcefully have to let it go. And you're going to wish Jesus never came. Because you're not going to be ready. If you're not ready, you can't go. If you're not ready, you can't live with him. If you insist on living in sin, then you're insisting on living in hell. We never read the rest of this parable. I want to read that to you. So the king was having um, a wedding banquet for his son. And he sent his servants to summon those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they refused to come. And he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, I've prepared my banquet. And they, they didn't pay any attention. They weren't concerned. They didn't think too much of the invitation. And um, the king was infuriated. And then when the banquet started, there was a man. He looked intently. When the king came in to view the guests, he looked intently at a man there who had no wedding garment. He said, friend, how did you come in here without putting on the appropriate wedding garment? And the man was speechless, and the king said to the attendants, Tie him up and throw him into the outer darkness, or there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Many are called, but few are chosen. As then the Pharisees went and consulted and plotted together how they might entangle Jesus in his talk. Many are called. For few are chosen. Many were invited to the banquet. But only a few got ready. Only a few sat with Jesus and went through that correction. Only a few are willing to let go of this world 
to let go of all that stuff to be his disciple. And so only a few were ready to go. So you're invited, and if you come, you're chosen. But if you don't choose Jesus, then you're going to be there without your wedding garment. The bride has prepared herself. Behold, the day has come. When the bride has prepared herself. And pretty soon that day is going to be here. And you can't sneak in like this man tried to. You can't quick change your mind and say, but Lord, I did this in your name, I did that in your name. And just try to sneak in because you realize you messed up. It's going to be too late. Not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. And many will say, but Lord, you did this, we did that. It's going to say, I didn't know you. Away from me, you who practice lawlessness. And then you're going to know it's too late. And you want to change your mind, but you can't. It's too late. Do you love him? If you do, then it means you started to obey him. And when you obey him, and he blesses you, you fall more and more in love with him. And then you're going to do anything he wants you to do. And it'll be easy to let go of stuff because he's going to be the most important thing to you. But if all your stuff is more important than he is, you're going to want to sneak into the wedding banquet, but you're not going to get away with it. You have to love him. You have to give up your life for his. For him. As he did you. And so... The way to do this is to let go of your feelings and believe the truth instead of the lie. Jesus is asking your permission to give you life. To give you life, not take life away from you. He's asking you to give up death for life, for everlasting life. That's a clear choice. Choose life. Choose Jesus. Don't live defeated. Don't spend your time here living defeated and not even being able to see it. You can't see clearly without Jesus. So I just want to encourage you today. Surrender. Surrender to him so you can see the truth. Let him give you life to the full. He's the answer to all the things that you're going through. He's really the answer. You know, we run here and there to to this person that professional, this professional, and really ignore Jesus who has your answer 
all the things that are a problem in your life are really a spiritual problem because you haven't surrendered to him. You haven't allowed him to give you life to the full, even right here and right now. You, d- you haven't allowed him to take care of you when you don't rely on him. And relying on him is faith. And actually, when you do get to know him and you sit in his presence, you're, you're going to feel him. He's tangible. The answer is going to be real. It starts in here. You're going to know it in here. No one else is going to know it because he's going to whisper in your ear. No one else is going to see it, but you are. And so don't feed your pearls to the pigs and make it harder on yourself when that does happen. Because Satan's going to use that to, to, he's going to use people to try to condemn you for believing, for believing and, and making you think that you're a little cuckoo because you think this thing is going to happen. And it hasn't happened, and it still hasn't happened. But it happened in here. And first it happens in here, and then it happens on the outside. So in the middle of what your life might look like is a mess, Jesus is working on the inside of you to bring you to that place where you can receive from him. And it's exciting, and it's new, and it's life to the full. And no, they can't see it. So don't even tell them if that's going to discourage, if their response is going to discourage you. The enemy's going to do what he can to get you to quit and give up. So you got to keep looking in here, keep asking Jesus. Have, you know, Sometimes when, when things take a long time for me, I, I say, Jesus, I got to hear you say that again. Tell me again. And he does. Because he's on your side. He loves you. He's in love with you. And so reach out to him. Take that invitation. Don't put it off. Don't let the enemy steal your inheritance from you, who you are. You are made in the likeness of God. You're his child. He wants to take care of you. Don't let the enemy steal that from you. Revelation 3.20, Jesus said he's knocking at the door of your heart. And if you would heed his voice, that would be saying, come on in, Jesus. I commit to you. I'm going to heed your voice. And when you do that, You're going to see him. You're going to see him working in your life. You're going to feel him. You're going to portray him. Can he be a part of your life? Ask him. It doesn't have to be a fancy prayer. He's a person. Prayer is just talking to him. We don't have to get all technical and and fussy about how we do it. Say, Jesus, I want this. 
come and live on the inside of me. Help me to obey you. You know all these things I'm going through. Can you help me? And he'll say, yes, I love you. I'll help you. Trust him. Don't trust your feelings. Go. Get some faith. And trust him. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you.